NXT 2.0 has arrived. We have a new set, new wrestlers, new tag teams, a new married couple. Mandy Rose has new hair, but most importantly, Tomasa Ciampa has reclaimed the NXT Championship. Daddy is home. I'm Ryan Joy, and I run MinutesToBellTime.com, a website and database tracking pro wrestling from around the world. On today's show, we're talking about all we saw on last night's NXT 2.0. The NXT guru, John Smith, is in the house. We have headlines from the last 24 hours, and this is the Daily Wrestling News Show for September 15th, 2021, where we sort through all the bullshit in wrestling news to find you the truth. John, for weeks, we've been talking about the changes that are coming, the changes that are coming. We thought that we were seeing some changes in the last couple of weeks, but last night was the big change, the debut of NXT 2.0. Yeah, and quite the change it was. A few weeks leading up to this, I was like worried. And then last week I heard that Triple H wasn't like relinquishing control. So then I almost got too comfortable with the idea. And then we've seen a million people we've never seen before. The show looks completely different. We have a wedding out main eventing a vacated title four way championship match, which seems very par for the course for Vince McMahon, but I'm keeping an open mind about it and love that Ciampa won that title. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that the advertised Frankie Monet and Raquel Gonzalez title match just disappeared. There was a Raquel Gonzalez video package. So I got the impression that they were catering to the idea that people were tuning in for the first time for this relaunch, that there was interest that they maybe think that they had generated off of the 2.0 commercials and things so that even though they didn't give us the advertised match, they gave us the video package to let us, to let those people know who the women's champion was. Yeah, and if that was the, the case, then I think that's the right thing to do because not too many people know Raquel Gonzalez if they haven't watched in the past year or so. I guess this was to introduce us to everybody, even me and you, to a, to a few people we've never seen before. But all at the end, it's all tied together with, okay, Tommaso Ciampa's your champ, though, so not everything's changing. You still got your Mr. NXT for you. Yeah, so let's not bury the headline about all that other stuff, all the new people, all the second generation stars that appeared on screen last night, six debuts, all that stuff we got to talk about. But the lead story has to be Tomasa Ciampa be reclaiming Goldie, the greatest love story between Tomasa Ciampa and Goldie. It appears we now have the sequel to that story, nine un- 908 days after the last story ended. That's a long time to go without a sequel. Yeah, and I, I think this is the the outcome I least saw coming going into the night. Once O'Reilly was replaced with, I forgot his name already, the, the fourth guy. Von Wagner. Von Wagner. Then I, like, there's no way he was winning in my mind. Although there was like a slight chance because it is Vince McMahon looking this particular show. He became number four. But still, Tommaso, I did not see winning this at all. I just thought they were either going, they, they had to go with Pete Dunn in my mind once... O'Reilly was out and it was nice to see though that Ciampa got the title I, I feel like Pete Dunne should work his way into a nice feud and storyline to capture that title so a lot of news was hitting the wire leading up to this match 
to where you thought Pete Dunn signs a new three-year deal just, just before. So he thought, okay, maybe he's going to get the, the prize here, right? He signs the deal. They know they've got him for a long time. Let's put the belt on him. Let's go. That didn't happen. Kyle O'Reilly, he's the guy that it, it always felt like they were pushing to take the Adam Cole spot. And he got taken out by Dunn and Ridge Holland early in the night. So they don't put him in the match so he doesn't lose. LA Knight seemed to be the guy everybody was saying, maybe it's going to be him. Everybody was pointing their finger at LA Knight saying, oh, he's a good talker. As far as characters go, that's the kind of guy that Mitzel, he is 38 years old. So I kept cautioning people of that. But you know what? They gave him an out too because he got tangled into this match with Braun Breaker to open the show. He got duped into a match, didn't realize that he was wrestling somebody that could actually go. And he he got beat early in the night. So he's coming into this match with an excuse. So you have all these kind of things. You had a rookie in there with Von Wagner. LA Knight lost a match earlier in the night. So I think it came down to Pete Dunn and Ciampa for me. And there you go. Yeah. I think all the money would have went on Pete Dunn and Ciampa is the yeah. one that came out with it. And I'm like I said, I'm fine with it. What I'm not fine with is LA Knight just getting pretty much squashed by Braun Breaker. Literally, he's pretty established by now, LA Knight. And unless you're doing something crazy with this Braun Breaker guy, like having him go straight to Ciampa, which they alluded to at the very end after the wedding. I need to see more out of Braun Breaker before I'm on board with it. Yeah, it feels like there's not they're not putting any breaks on him. Uh, not intended there, <laughs> but Ron Breaker, uh, just to, to catch this up, to draw all the lines here, Ron Breaker opens the show. He puts a challenge down in front of LA Knight and LA Knight arrogant as he is, says, just meet me in the ring in two minutes and I'll put you down. And so they do. And Ron Breaker wins the match. Now, when I saw that, I also thought, okay, LA Knight's definitely winning later in the night because now they're setting up this new guy to be in a title program with LA Knight. That didn't happen. <laughs> but I guess the idea is Braun Breaker gets a really big win. And then, it, like you mentioned, it looks like they're going to put him up against Ciampa right away. And then win or lose in, against Ciampa, he's almost made at that point. Yeah, I, I think it's too early to put uh, anything on Breaker. I mean, maybe just having him in this main event feud will establish him as one of the top guys right off the bat. Maybe that's what they're going for. I, I still like Rich Holland to be the one that, that takes the belt off of Ciampa. I thought he was going to take it off Joe Rich. Yeah. Yeah. So Brad Breaker, the son of Rick Steiner, and that's, uh, we're going to say the son of a few times during this episode. Because yeah. It seems like everybody that came out last night was the son of someone. So we already talked about Von Wagner. The reason Von Wagner got put in the main event is because he made a save for Kyle O'Reilly or came to Kyle O'Reilly's aid when Pete Dunne and Rich Holland attacked him, which took Kyle O'Reilly out of the match. Von Wagner is the son of Bo Beverly. If people remember the Beverly brothers back from the early 90s. So <laughs> it's like the most insignificant son of <laughs> who can come up with. Uh, hold that thought. <laughs> I have one more. So Von Wagner, he made his debut last night. Like I mentioned, there's six of them. We've already talked about two. Von Wagner, Braun Breaker, both involved in the main event and main event angles here. Okay. Also, the second match on the show after the Braun Breaker LA night match was Imperium getting a win over the new tag team of Josh Briggs and Brooke Jensen. 
Brooke Jensen making his debut. He is the son of Bull Buchanan. I argue that's more insignificant than Bo Beverly. Yeah, they're right on the same level. Bull Buchanan did align himself with John Cena at one point, though. I guess at this point, let's take a pause on all the newness and talk about the set. Because once when you saw Imperium come out, they had the the traditional Imperium look to it. They that they had gotten away from, I think, with some of the when they had to go into the Capitol Wrestling Center and they had the smaller screen and stuff. But now with the new set, they have the great big and they cast the white light down on them. So what do you think of the aesthetic of NXT 2.0, John? It was a, a little brighter than I'm used to and what I would have liked. And you mentioned that you liked the fact that it was more, there was more light, but I think it just shows how small the arena is when the light is that when the darkness of it kept it to a feel of, it doesn't matter what the crowd is. It's all about what's in the ring. And now you're distracted because you see people standing up against the wall back yeah the other thing i noticed was the light rigging and stuff which was weird but i liked the fact that you could see the crowd and when the crowd would pop and stuff like that you could actually see them it's a different look but i still wish they would dim the lights during matches though i think they kept them on during the whole they didn't i like when they dim it it's just so you know it's like focus on the ring not what not what's around it you know yeah yeah with that we move on be fab now, the B stands for beautiful, as we learned in their promo, but B-Fab had her first outing. She wrestled Katrina Cortez, got a win here, mainly getting ready to set up her match with Electra Lopez that's coming at some point. Al mentioning Bull Buchanan won the tag titles and the Beverly Brothers should have been tag champs. John DeConte chiming in on YouTube, NXT 2.0 aesthetic, unicorn vomit, he says. So, you know, the multicolor thing is fine by me. I'm not opposed to it it looks like what's her name Maud Lebowski painted it on her on <laughs> it's a big Lebowski reference I don't think anybody's gonna get that BFAB so she how would you think she looked how did you think that how did you think she looked in the ring yeah I couldn't really tell we only got a few moves out of her and then she pinned Katrina Cortez who just looked like she's never worn a mask in her life <laughs> like here put this on yeah but yeah, I'm interested to see if she can actually go. I'd like to see her go in a, in a match with, with somebody for 10 minutes. But until then, I'm not going to really make an assessment. Yeah. And so she had her match. Like, like I mentioned, she's getting ready for Electra Lope, Lopez as the Legato feud continues. So another debut, not the first time we've seen BFAB, but it was the first time we'd seen BFAB in the ring. Next, we have Carmelo Hayes doing a promo and he's accompanied by Trick Williams. This is your fourth debut that we're talking about now. So it's, <laughs> I have a note here. Trick Williams probably won't have both those names for very long. I would say he, he was probably going to be tricked before, before you know it, but <laughs> quick heel turn here. Uh, Trick Williams is bad influence on Carmelo Hayes. They beat the crap out of Duke Hudson. Yeah. And I didn't see that coming at all. Carmelo Hayes was just your standard you know, wide-eyed, I can't believe I just won the tournament-looking guy, and now all of a sudden he's got an attitude because his, his boy Trick Williams has come along for the ride. Yeah, I think he even invoked John Cena, like in the very first promo with the whole ruthless aggression thing. So, like, you wouldn't expect him to do a heel turn at all. But, yeah, not so soon. And the Duke Hudson thing, isn't Duke Hudson supposed to be a heel? Like, why they attack him? But I guess, whatever, they'll, they'll start attacking the faces soon. They just... 
they took advantage of, of the, oh, plus two cuts and like shoulder bumped them as he walked between them. So he disrespected them in that aspect, but yeah, they were also in his way in the first place. So I guess, they, yeah, they, inst they instigated for sure. And the fact that they were in the ring doing a promo when Duke cuts the one to be in the British, <laughs> they were in his way. Yeah. Okay. And now we have some familiar faces. We get to Casey Catanzaro and against Gigi Dolan and Jace. That was fine. You got Mandy came out, caused a D DQ. Mandy Rose reveals that she now has dark hair. She is no longer the blonde bombshell, as Wade Barrett said. Quoting from the notes of John DeCani, back from commercial, and we've got a six-woman tag match playa. Oh, yeah, I almost forgot that Vince and Bruce are booking the show. Oh, and the match started during the break, too. Love that. So now we have a six-woman tag, because Saray also came down. So Gigi, Jason, Mandy got a win over Casey, Caton, and Saray. Yeah, it looks like Saray is going to get lost in the shuffle with all these new people coming in. She yeah. didn't catch on like EO did or Oscar. No. She sure, or even Kyrie. She sure did. I like the Gigi and Jace entrance. It reminds me, and this is going to sound very weird, but it reminds me of Decay's entrance on Impact. Something with the music and the close-up shots of them and stuff. I Maybe I'm the only one, but it reminds me of that. I think I got to pay more attention next time they come out. That's stuff I tend to fast forward because I'm always like pausing or starting late. So yeah, I, I'm sure not to, not to fast forward the beginning of segments anymore because I used to miss a lot of promos before thinking that they were commercials. So I wait till <laughs> I see entrances. Then I usually fast forward those to make up some fun. Well, one of those promos that, that came on, I think right after commercial break was Tony D'Angelo and he is, I don't know, he's trying to pull off Al Capone, mobster gimmick type of thing. He's a former amateur wrestler and he mentioned that in his promo and stuff. He would be number five for the night in terms of debuts of people we've never seen before. So there you go. Yeah. He seems like the type of guy that they might have as the head of a stable once he shows up. So maybe he'll start recruiting people or he'll show up with more people in tow. Right. Yep. The Creed brothers, they debuted recently uh, as the diamond mine tag team, Brutus and Julius, and boy, they destroyed their opponent. Afterward, we met Ivy. Ivy. She is the sixth de debut and she's the first female member of the diamond mine. But it's funny with all these new people coming in, the Creed brothers, they're very vanilla looking, but I don't know. There's something about them that I think they're going to get pushed pretty hard. Yeah, they wrestle like they're as big as the authors of pain. Yes. But they're just big, stocky, you know, Oklahoma style, like Rot Lesnar types. They look like they're his cousins or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We get Kushida versus Roddy next week. That's what came out of that segment. Jeff Johnson says he loves the new set and colors of the new NXT. I added a little bit of emphasis to the love there. He didn't, but, but so I think when we look at the comments that we've had coming in, it's mixed reviews like i said i don't find it so much the new the brightness of everything gets away from that gritty mosh pit type of feel which some people really loved so i think that's i'm fine with it as long as because people were like oh it looks like childish nickelodeon did they design this for them if as long as they don't go a childish route with it then it's not going to seem childish right and who has bright colors anymore? Nobody. It's all like red and black, golden black, red and white, black and white. Everything is just so 
we got to be tough all the time. I just don't know what they refer to it as. We had the red brand, we have red brand, the blue brand, we had the black and gold brand. And now what do we have? We have the white. Bob Ross brand. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the, uh, the wedding closed the show. So it was a wedding between Indy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis. There were some funny moments. There were things when anybody, when they, when the priest asked if anybody would object, Dexter Loomis showed them the ax from his jacket. Funny. Somebody said the word chase. So Andre Chase had to stand up. There was just some funny moments, but oddly, John, nothing happened. Like this is not a wrestling wedding. Somebody's supposed to come out of the cake. Somebody's supposed to get cake in the face. Something major did happen. What happened? Dexter Loomis spoke. He said, I do. This is the first time we've heard him speak since he came to, to WWE. It's, it was the ultimate payoff. They got, they actually got married. The love story is complete. And we, we finally heard Dexter Loomis speak. Now I hope he doesn't speak it again for a while. I hope he does pulls like the whole silent Bob thing where yeah. he just says one thing every three months or so, and it's got to really mean something. Now, when the priest looked to Dexter Lewis to, to do his vows after Indy pours her heart out to, and Dexter just gets the old thumbs up <laughs> in the back of my head, I heard Al Carl screaming, oh no, there goes Dexter Loomis ripping off orange Cassidy. But, uh, but yeah, so Dexter Lewis didn't have anything to say there, but he did muster up the courage to say, I do. Apparently he wouldn't shut up at his therapy appointments last year. Let's, let's see. So Jeff Johnson says, funny that Lewis just talks since Sam Shaw is a great talker. So Sam Shaw being his previous name. He also says like with the name changes of wrestlers, people complain for two weeks and then will adjust and get used to it. Yeah. I think that's probably true. What I'm interested to see is if we get a, we're going to get a ratings boost this week. I'm interested to see what it looks like in the next couple of weeks. If the people that they brought in to see this new NXT are going to stick around. Yeah. And I, 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 I hope that the, the new people don't just make like all the other people get lost in the shuffle that like we keep saying, just because yeah. they want fresh faces on TV. Yeah. This is, we, we, NXT is a very deep roster of people. Even after the 57 people have left WWE this year. They only have a two hour show. They had a deep roster. We've just found out that it's a little bit deeper. <laughs> they added six names to it. Uh, a lot of people that we didn't see on the show tonight. So yeah, they release people, but they keep signing people to the training facility, which then has to bump some people up to NXT at some point. These are ones that they had just signed earlier this year. So a lot of times people go into that performance center system and we don't see them for two years. Yeah. It looks like they're accelerating that, which is maybe a good thing. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm still excited to see this Gable Steveson. I want to see if he's uh, worth all the hype. I don't think you're going to see him at NXT. I don't think there's any chance that he's, he'll be on the main roster right away. They'll probably have him in that PC working to get ready, but I don't think Gable, Gable Steveson's going to be spending any time down there. They're too excited. They think they've got Kurt Angle or, or Bryce. I, I hope so. Yeah. So. Yeah, I hope so too. I think that would be great if that, I mean, listen, if somebody, if, if we have another Kurt Angle or Brock Lesnar come around, then yeah, throw all the money at him. It's a lot to ask of this sport. Yeah. All right, John, with that said, let's take a short break. And when we get back, we'll talk about what few headlines we have from yesterday that were not NXT related. So stick with us and we'll be right back. If you love the Daily Wrestling News Show, then I want to tell you how you can support us. First, check out BodySlamClothes.com. 
you can get a variety of shirts for just $20, and all of them come in the super soft style, and the price you see includes all sizes and shipping. Get 10% off two or more shirts with the promo code SHIRTS10. Go to bodyslamclothes.com right now to check it out. And join Joey Jarzenka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Monday nights for the Primetime Rundown. They take you through the world of sports, and the show kicks off each Monday at 7 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And each Tuesday, Al Carl hosts the Essential Wrestling Podcast alongside John Smith, myself, John DeCani, and Gary Mahaffey. It's another week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. Here are analysis on who we think is going to win the week's matches. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And Pro Wrestling Pick'em. It's a place where you can join or host a Pick'em League to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling. Create an account and join a league now at ProWrestlingPick'em.com so you can play against your friends or play against the universe. And the Body Slam Brigade newsletter, currently going out to over 4,200 people each Friday. It consolidates all the top stories in professional wrestling into a quick-to-read email written by me for you for free. Sign up now at bodyslambrigade.com. And of course, this show, the Daily Wrestling News Show. We're here every day, Monday through Thursday, and occasionally on Friday. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, or watch us live on Facebook and YouTube at 10 a.m. This is the Daily Wrestling News Show, and we thank you for your support. Okay, we're diving into the headlines now. And of course, I already mentioned one of my headlines is Pete Dunn agreed to a new three-year deal with WWE, according to Fightful. I think this is great news for the Bruiser way. I was, a, I, I don't know, I was a little going back and forth on this, John, because of the edicts that we heard about. You got to be this weight and you got to be this size. He's the right age, right? He's a young guy. He's only 23, I think. So he's got that going for him. But man, he's only, what, 185 or something? And he's not somebody that they can bring up to the main roster and make a manager. That, that's true, but he is different. And he has like a completely different style than really anybody else that they have on the roster. And he's an established name at this point. Yes. He was, he's not the longest reigning UK champion ever anymore after Walter. He still held it for 450 days or something like that. And one of the best matches still to this day that I've ever seen is him versus... Um, Mustache Mountain guy. What the hell is his name? Tyler Bate. Tyler Bate. Yeah, I always forget his name too. But one of the best matches I ever seen, it was probably uh, three, four, five years ago at this point. I think it was in January. I think it was when, it was when, Ty, when Pete Dunne beat him for the title. Right. It was that takeover, right? I think it was that takeover. Yeah, it was one, it's one of the most incredible matches ever. The fight forever chant was warranted in that. You, now they just do it because they want to say they did it. Jake Atlas, poor Jake Atlas, who I, I saw him in Chicago. He quick finished to his match in Chicago. He had to roll out of the ring and help to the back. Then I saw him at Ring of Honor. He had a match and it seemed to end abruptly. People were, thought it was kind of off or whatever. He said he went to Instagram yesterday, said he's not really banged up. He's not concussed, anything like that. But he is going to step away from pro wrestling for now due to his mental health. So I guess Jake Atlas is going to be stepping away. Not sure if it's a permanent step away or if it's just something he needs to do to get his head wet. But when you hear about Daphne last week taking her life and stuff like that, get your head right. Yeah. And also, like, you could also reinvigorate your career if you leave for a while and then say, all right, I'm ready to come back. Then there's a little buzz about you. Oh, Jay Gatlin's come back. Yeah. Al wants us to know Pete Dunn versus Tyler Bate was takeover Chicago. Monday Night Raw, the rating. I want to talk about that real quick. First of all, John, 
you and I haven't talked. What do you think about Big E becoming the new WWE champion? I love it for Big E. I think he's awesome. I think it was a little forced in a way. It just felt a little off that it happened right away or the way it did. But it was, they had to do something. We weren't going to get Bobby Lashley versus Roman Reigns Survivor Series. So they had to do something before then. And Bobby doesn't need the title anymore. He proved himself. He beat Goldberg. He beat Drew McIntyre a bunch of times. He had a dominant run and he did, he lost to the money in the bank. So it doesn't make him look weak at all. And now Big E can go out and beat him at the next pay-per-view to solidify his current reign. And, and we'll take, we move on from there. Good for Big E. I love him. Yeah, and Bobby was protected too, right? He, he wrestled Randy Orton in a match and he was selling an injury off of the table spot on the outside and everything. So he was protected in that spot. Once the, I, You're saying similar thing that I was saying on the Tuesday show is that I felt like Big E's win would have been better if he had beaten in a pay-per-view match, if he had beaten Seth Rollins, Edge, AJ Styles, any one of these guys like recently that were just propelled him up into that group because he's been wrestling basically around the intercontinental title, even ever since before and after he won money in the bank. And I don't mean he was wrestling for the intercontinental title, but he yeah. around it, those people, I would have liked to see him get like one of those big signature wins so that he could be like, I'm coming for you next. And it would have felt a little bit more appropriate. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Taking nothing away from Big E on that one, though, that's more of a booking thing than that has to do with him. So, and I think that there was a, I think part of it was, I, I truly believe that this was going to happen at Extreme Rules. The Randy Orton and Lashley match was supposed to be at Extreme Rules. I think the whole Bobby thing was going to happen. And I started to bring up the ratings because Monday Night Football had a close game, a good game, and it dominated the ratings. And I, I think that they pulled the whole program forward to Monday night in the hopes to counteract that. Now they ended up having not the best rating that they've had. It's actually the lowest since the Thunderdome era, but if they hadn't done that, it probably would have been even lower. So I don't think that's a reflection on Big E. When it did, it did get me to watch live. I'm big into the football myself and I, I have no problem watching wrestling the next day and just staying off the internet, like for spoiler purposes. So the only reason that I was watching live was because of Big E cashing in at some point that night. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I was also excited for that match that night. Like I, even the whole Randy Orton thing, cause in the back of my head, I'm like, we might see a title change just to Randy Orton here. So I think that it was well done. It got people to watch, got you to watch. It got me excited for the show. I was probably going to be watching on delay a little bit anyway. Not like you said, take nothing away from Big E. But felt a little forced. Now he needs a long title reign. It can't be, it can't be a short title reign. He needs at least four months, I'd say. Otherwise, yeah, I, right back where he started. There was, uh, I think, on the Body Slam Brigade on Facebook, we were talking about who he loses to eventually, and I think he goes to, until about Royal Rumble and and loses it, maybe like an AJ Styles, something like that. Hope because I, I like to see AJ versus Omos for that title at WrestleMania. I think that'll be fun. The other thing is that there's a chance that this title might be down the card a bit. It was this year. It opened the show, opened yeah. nights and you got this whole Bobby Goldberg thing that's brewing up. Roman's going to have the main event, whatever that is. The women's titles will probably be high profile. Is there a chance that 
out of nowhere, Kofi Kingston wins the Royal Rumble and challenges Big E. Ooh. That'd be fun. And then we just, they just work Woods into it and do the three of them for the title at WrestleMania. <laughs> oh, neutral quarter. He's got to be out there with the trombone. It's the thing. <laughs> I just think at some point, maybe you have that Kofi Kingston, Big E friendly match, right? Because Kingston, he rest, you know, he wrestled Bobby when Bobby had the, during Bobby's reign. So they don't have a ton of guys that they're going to, they're going to work into the program. So. Or why not have Woods and Kofi pull Luger and Bret Hart and then tumble over there the top rope at the same time? Then we get a legit three-way. And all Wood, and Woods has always gotten the short end of the stick. Yeah. So whenever that match happens, do we see them all come out to the ring at the same time? Like with the New Day entrance? And then it just... It, <laughs> no, but I think Big E comes out first. And then he does the... WrestleMania for both guys through the, for their, both their music separately. There you go. <laughs> All right. MLW major league wrestling announced that Lee Mar Moriarty is joining the field for the opera cup. Now Lee Moriarty on the most recent episode of AEW dark, it was off camera, but it was during the dark taping. Tony Khan gave him a contract. So he is an AEW talent. Now he was also on ring of honors pay-per-view this past weekend. And now he is going to be in Major League Wrestling's Opera Cup. So he had taken a whole bunch of bookings and he's got to finish up before he heads to AEW full time. But he joins Alex Shelley, who Fightful has announced as the last member of the Opera Cup field. And Bobby Fish, Tom Lawler, Matt Cross, Davey Richards, TJP, and Calvin Tankman. Eight-man tournament that will probably air on an MLW Fusion this fall. So that's fun. Yeah, we just see Bobby Fish out there again. Is he like on their official roster or is he just like in for this tournament? Bobby Fish was brought in for this tournament. They haven't announced that they've signed him yet. So okay. uh, they, I think they probably will. He'd be a good guy for them to have around. He fits it nice. Yeah. Uh, and Al is reminding us that, of course, if we do get to see that Big E versus Kofi versus Xavier Woods match that it will also have last minute Daniel Bryan wedging. <laughs> I That's still right. lo I love how he's just wedged himself into the AEW title picture right away. That's true. No matches. <laughs> but and he, he might even win it too, which will be the best. Yeah. I think that's the full gear match, by the way. That's my, I think I've said that a bunch of times now. I'm pretty sure that Daniel Bryan versus Kenny Omega is full gear. Next week at Arthur Ashe, we'll probably have a 27-man tag that has the money side. They've probably got up against each other at some point early in their career. I don't think so. Yeah. I am not aware of it, but somebody will tell me I'm wrong, probably. But I know, like, a, a lot of the other people, yes, Daniel Bryan's worked with almost everybody, it seems like. I don't think Kenny Omega and him have crossed paths, because I just, I don't think they were in the same places. But Brian Danielson will address Kenny Omega on tonight's episode of Dynamite, which, John... You're going to be there for you making any signs. Oh yeah. I've been saying it for weeks. I'm going to be bringing a Cody is trash sign. Like when they got the hard camera on and they're zoomed out, look towards the left side. And I should be there with my sign. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure what the other side of it will say. I might bring my yes sign that Daniel Bryan ripped in half 10 years ago at Monday night raw. I don't know if I ever showed you that. You did. <laughs> So Frankie Kazarian will be wrestling Adam Cole, baby, in his first match in AEW. You'll get to see that. CM Punk will be on commentary. I'm sure he'll get called off commentary at some point. 
but it'll be interesting to hear his thoughts on some of these uh, matches if he's out there for him, like this Danielson and Omega thing. You got Darby Allen with Sting versus Sean Spears with Tully Blanchard, and look for Sting and Tully Blanchard to throw a, throw a punch, I think, and maybe Ric Flair will come out and try to, you know, get cooler heads to prevail. That's the nature boy way, right? Yup. <laughs> Minoru Suzuki and Lance Archer are going to be issuing a challenge to John Moxley, who will be teaming with Eddie Kingston to face one of your favorite tag teams, 2.0. Yeah, I'm, I think, I'm thinking of wearing my Never Rise Rules shirt, but then if I wear that, I don't know if I'll get on camera ever. You might. Yeah, I always see WWE shirts on camera there. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think you're good with that. Jake Cargill with Mark Sterling will be facing off against New Jersey's own Layla Hirsch. So good luck, Layla. I hope you have the same match with, with Jade that you had with Camille. Yeah, I'll definitely hope it's not a two-minute squash like all Jade's matches. Yeah, yeah. I watched Jade wrestle to uh, a match on Monday night for Dark Elevation. It, I think tops three moves. No, it's not tops. That's bottom. It's between three and ten moves. <laughs> One of them being jaded. All right. John, anything else that you, oh, any advice or anything you want to tell people about? Yeah, I, I alluded to it already with the, with the signs. My word of advice is when you, whenever you go to an event, make a big sign. That way you can see where you were in the crowd and you can point to it 20 years later. Like WrestleMania 18, I could point to my sign. Oh yeah, see that sign? That's me. You got to take my word for it, but at least I know where I was. So yeah, whenever you go into a wrestling event, spend an extra five bucks buy the big Sharpie and a big poster board and just write something that you, so you can see where you were in the crowd from, for the rest of your life. Oh, that's a good point. I wish I had that advice as I went to all these shows recently. <laughs> Here, after I'm done with my Cody's trash, I will ship it to you. And then you could bring it to every show you go to, even the independent shows. Just make sure everybody knows that Cody is trash. <laughs> With that said, for John Smith, I am Ryan Joy. We'll be back tomorrow. John DeCotti will be here and we will run through the rumors of the week. 